5% of all UFO sightings can be immediately identified. It's the 5% that give you the release. Pilots chase them sometimes, but can't catch them. There are near misses between these things and commercial aircraft. And you saw the disc uh, of it. These are very hard to dismiss, the, the handful of sightings. A UFO in broad daylight near Paris. We suddenly observed a very bright red-orange object. It was oval. UFOs have interfered with missiles. I saw something that defied logic. Reported a strange craft, triangular in shape. On the triangular shaped craft. Mystery craft being seen. Dark metallic in appearance. Flying craft. There's an orange orb. Glowing orb. A glowing orb. A giant ball of light. Glowing object. Could be aliens. Some form of alien spacecraft. In 2001, we had the New Jersey Turnpike incident. Several people, including police officers, stopped their cars along the New Jersey Turnpike to view unexplained light formations in the night sky, as seen here. Oh my goodness, it was a whole load of them. This amateur video shows what hundreds of people saw around Carteret, New Jersey, early Sunday morning. Objects yet unidentified that seemed to be flying. At first, I was like scared because I didn't know what was going on, but first thing that came to my mind was UFOs. First it looked like stars, but nah, couldn't have been. Make no mistake, the Carteret Police Department got jammed with calls about the lights, and even patrolmen saw this strange occurrence. Uh, about 15 to 20 lights in the sky. I have no idea what they could be. But some people who saw the lights already have their minds made up. It was amazing. I don't know what it was. They changed forms, then they dropped off slowly. I don't know what it was. I'm not saying, I believe in aliens, but UFOs, that was it. Astronomers say that there are some major solar storms that are occurring right now, which light up the atmosphere, known as the Aurora Borealis. But they are not usually seen as pinpoints of light. And so the speculation continues as to what they actually were. Well, as far as we could determine, there were no parachutists at that hour. It wasn't a satellite, certainly not the space shuttle. Uh, just in case, though, something did land, there is an unofficial mugshot that has been released, and I emphasize unofficial mugshot of what may have landed. We're live in Carteret. Harry Martin, Fox 5 News. Back to you. 2004 through 2006, we had the Tinley Park lights in Illinois. This encounter included a series of several mass UFO sightings in Tinley Park and Oak Park, in Illinois, suburbs of Chicago. Witnesses to each event reported seeing three silent self-luminescent objects which were red or red-orange in color and spherical in shape hanging in the night sky. They moved slowly in formation for approximately 30 minutes at low intermediate altitude and were visible from the ground for approximately 12 miles in any direction as this next video shows. It was a quiet summer evening in the suburbs of Chicago until some residents noticed that the aroma of grilling burgers and brats was not the only thing wafting through the night sky. We were at a black party, my sons and I, and my one son Justin said, look, there's a UFO. And I turned around and I'm like, what in the world are these things? I've never seen anything like this before. Never. 
Thomas T.J. Japkin grabbed his camera and began filming the strange objects. I believe it was around 10.30. People were starting to see a configuration of three illuminations in the sky in a pattern of a isosceles triangle or some variation thereof. I got it! I got it on tape! And as I was shooting, this thing just started rotating into a triangle right above the house. We didn't know if these were three separate crafts, if they were tied into each other. The block party went from barbecuing and horseshoes to debating a possible UFO sighting. What is it? Uh, we just started thinking, is it helicopter? No, it didn't make any sound. Uh, is it flares? No, there's no smoke involved with this. And plus, flares just give off one color. TJ decided to head straight for the experts and contacted UFO investigator Sam Moranto. When I seen the footage, I knew what we may very well be dealing with is something genuine. You know, there's, there's a white light in there somewhere. TJ and his block party companions weren't the only ones to report strange things amiss in the night skies over suburban Chicago. What's nice about a mass sighting is you cut across the demographic of a community. We have doctors, lawyers, aviation personnel, we have ex-military personnel, people in almost every cut of life imaginable, and all of them agreeing that what they saw that night was something they can't put their finger on. They're back again. But the Tinley Park Triangle was not through mystifying the populace. I was fortunate to film a commercial airliner cutting in front of it. Look at that. There's airplanes with them. And that's why this is very good footage. We actually have a plane in the air, and we could see that these illuminations, these fields of, of light, are as big or possibly three times larger or more than the actual jet. That's pretty conclusive. In 2004 through 2005, we had the Mexico Mass UFO Fleet sightings in Mexico. These sightings, also called the Quiet Invasion, happened in broad daylight and started with a formation of just seven objects. They all emitted a white luminosity and had a spherical form. Some of the objects would leave formation and start performing individual maneuvers and seemed to be controlled by an intelligent force. After filming the seven UFOs for approximately 15 minutes, suddenly there appeared an enormous fleet of UFOs, 100 to 200 of them, flying in perfect formation, con contrasting with the blue sky and the white clouds. These sightings are not only considered to be one of the most important pieces of UFO evidence, but what you are about to see is the actual footage of another fleet of UFOs filmed later. Let's take a look. Mira, oye, ¿ya viste? Oye.
Mira las esferas. Son un chorro. Aquí arriba. ¿Ya las viste? Qué maravilla, ¿verdad? Esas sí son esferas para que veas. And in 2006, we had the Chicago O'Hare UFO sighting. United Airlines employees and pilots claimed sightings of a saucer-shaped unlit craft hovering over Chicago O'Hare Airport Terminal before shooting up vertically and punching a hole in the clouds. Authorities initially denied having received reports of it and then later tried to explain it away as this rare behind-the-scenes news footage exposes. Oh, hey, here's Tom. Hey, John. Hey, Jim, how are you? Well, fine, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Busy with this UFO oh, stuff. Oh, my God. Did you see it hit the Fox crawl uh, Monday night? Did it? It's yes. just been everywhere. I mean, I've been on CNN, uh, my, my fourth appearance today. Really? Uh, every MSNBC, every network. Oh, my goodness. And just worldwide. I mean, yeah. Australia, everywhere. <laughs> That's what we're going to start off, I'm going to say. And John, the response has been, well, out of this world, hasn't it? <laughs> Congratulations. That's, so where's the latest on the investigation of the FAA, then? Well, uh... Is, is by this time tomorrow, going to prove it. Yeah, U Uni United is now acknowledging that they were approached by employees. Mm -hmm. So they've done that okay. flip-flop. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to locate photos of this. I'm told there may be oh, photos. really? Wow. That would be cool. <coughs> um, I'm told that the uh, the story on on CT right has almost a million hits. Yeah, it's it's the most read story in the history of CT.com. Kidding me? No, I got an email yesterday from uh, Bill Adi. Wow. I mean, it's like yeah, in the entire history of the website. Oh, incredible. So. Incredible. So, is the possible? Does it possibly exist? You might get the pictures and get them in for tomorrow. Or oh no, I, I don't. Th no, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I'm told the pilots on that plane that was being pushed back. Uh, you know, I said in the story that they opened the windscreen and stuck their head out. Now I'm being told that one of them had a digital camera and snapped some pictures. Wow. So United is not playing ball with me and. Uh, FAA, I've expanded my FOIA to include the flight plan, which might include the pilots' names. And I'm trying to work with the union as well. Are they still going by weather phenomenon? Uh, FAA, you know, pretty much because of the federal holiday, I, yeah. uh, I haven't talked to them that much. But yeah, they're, they're, they haven't changed their story. Mm. I've just they heard, heard from other people, you know, since then that, you know, that, that's, that explanation just doesn't wash. And they haven't gone out of their way to to say anything otherwise so far? No, I mean, they say, you know, it was, it was November 7th, they're, they're moving on, they're just <laughs> doing their daily thing. Well, I tell you what, the, uh, all the people who saw it must be 
Getting a little validated right about now, huh? Oh, yeah, and I'm getting tons of emails from other people who, outside the airport as well as at O'Hare really? who also either sighted that same object or saw the hole in the sky and said, what is that? Wow. Okay, so what did it look like again to the folks who saw it? It was a saucer-like yeah, object it was hovering over, this over the United Terminal, right? Yeah, right over, directly over gate C-17. Mm -hmm. and it was stationary in the sky, uh, dark gray metallic, uh, you know, like I say, saucer-shaped, mm -hmm. no lights, and it was there for some minutes. And then when it uh, disappeared, it just streaked through the clouds with such energy that it broke a, a big a blue hole in the overcast and the hole remained there for several minutes until the wind uh, drifted and pushed the clouds back together. So the blue was the sky? Yeah, the blue was wow. the sky, but, but otherwise the, the entire skyline was, uh, was cloudy. Totally overcast, huh? Man. So, totally you know, it's nothing, an airplane just doesn't react like that. It, does, mm -hmm. it slices mm -hmm. through and it doesn't disturb the atmosphere. Hmm. Do you have any other interviews set up after this time? Yeah, I'm going back on uh, a radio station, a couple of radio stations this afternoon, and then uh, Headline News uh, has a show I'm doing at 3 o'clock. Okay. Ooh, I'll have to watch if I'm... Yeah, we'll have to set yeah. by them. Um, okay, Australia, what, what other international? Oh my God! I mean, I mean, all over Europe. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, hearing from people, you know, Ireland. They say, you know, we, we heard about what's happening at O'Hara. Butch O'Hara. I mean, just as well wow. as serious, you know, uh, researchers at major U.S. universities who've attempted to do their own investigations, and when they go to the government to try to get information, uh, they get stonewalled. So there really is this universal feeling that the government knows a lot more than it's willing to tell. Man, okay. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to say, you know, yeah, I said, okay, here we go. But I am so, I think it's so cool that I was the first one to get to talk to you about it. <laughs> That's right, last Friday. <laughs> Yay. Okay. The UFO hair story the Chicago Tribune exclusively broke on New Year's Day is garnering attention around the world. Joining us now to talk about it once again is Tribune transportation writer John Hilkovich who broke the story. And John, the response has been, well, out of this world, hasn't it? Yes, it has been astronomical, Jim. Uh, every major country, it seems, people have written in, uh, both those who claim they've uh, spotted UFOs during their life as well as serious researchers. I mean, just the last two days, this is my email, and these are the serious emails, uh, you know, the ones from kooks who said they were brought aboard alien spacecraft I put in a circular file. So it's wow. just a story that has legs, and people are fascinated by the thought, and I think there's some belief that there are advanced life forms that are visiting us here on a regular basis. You've been contacted now in the last few days by several countries, but that also includes serious university researchers here in the U.S. You know, I've got to tell you, too, I got a call from my dad in California Monday night, and he's like, what is up with the O'Hare UFOs? I'm like, where did you see that? Where did you read that? Well, it was on Fox Network's crawl mm -hmm. at the bottom. It's just amazing how much this is garnering. Yeah, it really is, and uh, worldwide attention, as you say, and uh, from people who have observed, made observations themselves, including on November 7th, the date of this incident, uh, mm -hmm. 
additional people, both at O'Hare and outside the airport, who have either seen this gray, disc-shaped metallic object themselves, mm -hmm. or they saw that huge hole in the sky that, that the object created when it vanished. Let's go over that one more time. What did people see when it all of a sudden vanished right through the, the clouds over the United Terminal? And then how's the FAA been reacting uh, the past few days, too? Any, any new ground on that? Okay. Well, the object was hovering in a stationary position about 1,500 feet above the United Terminal for some minutes. And then when it left, it just burst through this uh, thick cloud layer, uh, creating a, a large open space of, of blue sky on an otherwise overcast day. Uh, it took some minutes for that uh, opening to close up when the clouds drifted back together. And it's just extremely unusual, according to the witnesses. I mean, airplanes just don't react like this. They slice through clouds, and they really don't disturb the atmosphere that much, except for the wingtips and such. Mm -hmm. uh, the FAA is still, uh, you know, pinning this to a, uh, a, some kind of weather phenomenon, that some lights from the airport and the overcast skies somehow got together and created this image. But uh, weather experts, uh, astronomy experts, others that I've talked to said that that's, uh, that's bunk. Uh, a, that's, that explanation just doesn't wash. United, on the other hand, uh, after first denying that they got any reports from employees about this sighting, is now saying, uh, yes, indeed, their employees did approach them immediately because mm -hmm. of concerns about safety. And to reiterate, John, the witnesses who originally came to you are all seasoned professional, credible professionals like pilots who saw this. They're this pilots, one. they're senior managers, they're mechanics and others so uh, you know they are they are very truthful about what they're saying and we're trying to locate photographs if they do exist of this incident well, John we know you have plenty of other interviews to do today with other countries so we'll let you go and we'll keep our eyes to the sky thanks thank you Jim uh, this is just incredible it's isn't it amazing what what really garners people's yeah for, for various reasons I suppose you know yeah. How cool! Yeah. No, it's. I can't wait to see in a week where this stands. You know? Yeah. I'm just amazed. I'm still getting requests for interviews because. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay, thanks, John. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Would have landed, but. Uh... In 2007, we had the Isleton incident in London. Several UFOs were spotted over North London, in the inner city district of Isleton. The police started receiving phone calls only minutes after the objects appeared, and one witness stated this, quote, I just picked up my son from the nursery in Bredger Road. I had just come out of the door when I noticed what was going on in the sky. There were a group of them, 10 to 15 of them, moving together. I thought for a while that something was happening in the center of London. Bombs and planes crossed my mind, but I realized very quickly that they didn't look like any aircraft I'd seen before. They were coming from the north and moving south, and they kind of stopped and they were hovering. There was no sound. They seemed to fade away, and I saw more coming, and then they stopped. It lasted about 10 minutes. Another witness stated that, quote, He was picking his daughter up from school, and he saw many people looking up in the air. Traffic had stopped, and people were staring. He said he saw between 12 and 15 orange lights traveling across the sky. Then they would stop, and then they went upwards. The following is a piece of actual footage from another witness. Let's take a look.
In 2007, we had the New Delhi incident in India. Two UFOs were detected near the Indian Prime Minister's residence. And in 2007, we also had the Alderner sighting in England. Airline pilots on separate flights spot UFOs off the coast of Alderney in the English Channel, as this next video shows. Two months ago, Captain Ray Bowyer, a man with more than 20 years flying experience under his wing, so to speak, saw something extraordinary which later made those headlines as he flew at 4,000 feet near Guernsey. And so did quite a few of his passengers, and so did the pilot of another aircraft that was flying nearby, flying over Sark. And Captain Bowyer is here now to, to tell his story. Thank you for coming in, and thank you for speaking out, because I know from private conversations I've had over the years with the commercial pilots, sometimes when I'm up in a cockpit with them, they do see things, mm -hmm. um, and, they, and they tend not to report them because they don't want to be laughed at or have their careers jeopardised. Exactly. Um, so why have you decided to speak out about it? Well, I, I didn't actually decide uh, to speak out at all. Actually, the press <laughs> asked another company, which I work for, um, to would I mind doing an interview, and the company, being uh, quite, quite a forward-thinking firm, uh, had no objection, in fact, uh, pretty much actively encouraged it. So that's what? how it happened, really. Well, how did the press get hold of it then? Did, did passengers? I don't know. I really don't you, know. You weren't the only person who saw no. this phenomenon, that's right. were you? There, no. there, there were some passengers who saw it, and yeah. also another pilot. Yes. Simultaneously. Well, look, let's, we've got an artist's impression that we knocked up here this afternoon on our, our computer paint box. Um, is that kind of what you saw? Is that a uh, reasonable. No. <laughs> oh, well, which is the best we did. Oh, you, be honest, yeah. you, Well, hold that picture. Well, you, you, you describe it, it Well, it was a, a brilliant uh, yellow object. The, the brightness you've got there, about two-thirds from left to right, um, it was a graphite grey uh, section. If you want to call it a fuselage, we don't know yet what it was. Uh, we're looking into it. And how big was it? Uh, difficult to say once again, but I saw it from 50 miles away. So um, any object from 50 miles away must have been fairly enormous. Well, what, about a mile long? It's possible. In 2008 through 2009, we had the Turkey UFO sightings in Istanbul. Over a four-month span in 2008, a night guard at the Yenikent compound videotaped one or more UFOs over Turkey at nighttime. Many witnesses confirmed the two and a half hours worth of video, leading the authorities to dub it as, quote, the most important images of a UFO ever filmed, as seen here. <laughs> Nerede abi? Işıkla bir tarafa gidiyor. Ciddi söylüyorum ışıkla bir tarafa gidiyor. There was a bright full moon. And the low of the moon was this little bright spot. We didn't know what it was. And we were filming out uh, over the water. Uh, there was uh, no uh, structures in the water. There was no uh, oil platforms. There was no uh, ships uh, going by. And uh, we uh, zoomed in. Uh, this camera had a 200-millimeter uh, lens and an electronic doubler. So we were able to get very tight on the uh, leading edge of the craft. The craft, you have to realize, is being lit by the moonlight, which is, as I said, a very bright moon. And then right in the front of the craft, there appeared to be three windows, viewing ports, whatever you want to call them. And standing in these viewing ports were typical bumper sticker, sticker gray aliens. And I, I saw this, you know, I mean, I looked through the camera myself, and unfortunately we recorded it. 
that uh, video uh, went to university in Istanbul and went over extremely intense uh, scrutiny um, by the Turkish government and then um, the uh, video was also sent uh, to the UK and several other, other countries for analysis. And by the time all that had been done, it had already been on the internet and could absolutely not be suppressed from the public. And in 2008 in South India, we have a sighting there. Several UFOs were not only seen and filmed in South India, but they also appeared and disappeared at will, as seen in this actual footage. Let's take a look. Clarity. Hey. Take a video, take a video. Oh my god! In 2008, we had the Moscow UFO sightings. Different people, including the state-owned media, reported sightings of several orange UFOs. And in 2009, scattered uh, throughout the U.S. were several sightings, reported UFOs all over the United States. And then in 2009, we have the BBC UFO sighting in northern England. A UFO was captured on BBC camera, as this next video shows. Were you watching a TV around five past nine yesterday morning? Did you see the breakfast headlines? And did you spot something suspicious in the screen behind me? Have a look. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Just what is it? We don't know. Perhaps you can help. If so, do let us know. And remember, don't have nightmares. And in 2009 was the Ural abduction in Russia. Once again in the Ural Mountains, there was another reported uh, UFO sighting. Not a death this time, but an alleged disappearance of an 11-year-old girl by a UFO. And in 2009 was the Blue Spiral UFO sighting in Norway. A strange blue spiral-shaped UFO appeared over the skies in Norway, as this video shows. Scientists from all over the world are trying to figure out what caused a mysterious blue light to spiral in the sky over Norway on Wednesday. As UFO sightings go, this one was as good or as weird as it gets. A light appearing high in the Arctic sky, baffling those who saw it and exciting a lot of comment. Early yesterday morning, just before dawn, this appeared in the Norwegian sky. A blue light, small at first, growing into a spiral and then disappearing into what appeared to be a black hole. In the northern community of Trondelag and on a Norwegian military base, cell phones snapped, video cameras rolled and bloggers got busy. But tonight, Norwegian authorities are investigating strange lights seen in the Arctic sky. The spiraling white light was seen for several minutes Wednesday morning. Locals say the light appeared to be bigger than the moon. Thousands of Norwegians bombarded the Meteorological Institute to ask what that light could have possibly been. Some feared it could have been a meteor, others a black hole, and there are even those that thought it could be aliens. Also in 2009, we had the Hole in the Sky UFO in Moscow. An odd-shaped cloud a structure appeared in the sky over Moscow, as this video shows. Let's take a look. 
people have been left uh, baffled by unexplained circular light seen hovering high over Moscow on Wednesday evening. Scientists have rejected claims of UFO activity, saying the white cloud was no more than an optical illusion. In 2010 was the amazing spiraling white light UFO in Australia. Another spiraling UFO appeared, this time in Australia, as this video shows. Let's take a look. A strange spiraling white light was spotted in the early morning sky over Sydney, with even skeptical witnesses wondering if it was a UFO. The unusual sight was recorded by hundreds of people from Victoria north to Queensland. It appeared just before 6 o'clock this morning. That's a UFO, I'm telling you. A spiral in the sky around a bright light. Malcolm Richardson saw it move from west to east, disappearing into the sunrise. It was actually rotating and throwing off a vapour, a glowing vapour in a spiral that was getting bigger. He was not alone. Early morning surfers, farmers, truckies grabbed their phone cameras, still cameras, web cameras. It's just the most astounding thing. I'm looking out the window now trying to sort of see if it's come back or not. From central Queensland to Melbourne, along the east coast, people shared a close encounter. And this thing was moving at a rapid rate. I thought, gee, that's so unusual. I was just dumbfounded. In 2010, we also had the Turkey UFO sightings part two. Uh, over a six-month span in 2010, there was a massive amount of UFO reports, and many of them were recorded digitally as uh, a photograph or on video. Analysis of the materials showed that many of the sightings or recordings were not natural uh, or man-made objects like Venus or a satellite or a bird, etc. In 2010, we also had the morphine UFO sighting in Japan, and here was some amazing footage that was recorded of a UFO that actually morphed and released other smaller UFOs from itself, as this next video clearly shows. Let's take a look. In 2010, we also had the Zhejiang incident in China. The Chinese news agency reported how authorities stopped passengers from boarding planes and that outgoing flights were grounded for about an hour in Hengzhou, Zhejiang capital after an amazing UFO was spotted. Incoming flights were rerouted to other airports as people watched in total amazement as this next video shows. 
Some unexpected guests apparently have paid a visit to Hangzhou. The city known as the Paradise on Earth may have attracted the attention of some celestial visitors. Shen Le has the story. At around eight o'clock in the evening, an unidentified flying object was spotted hovering the sky above Hangzhou's Xiaoshan Airport. In the next hour, the airport was shut down. We received orders to shut down the airport until the sky is cleared. As a result, outgoing flights were grounded and incoming flights were diverted to nearby Ningbo and Wuxi. Normal airport operations resumed nearly two hours later. Residents near the airport have taken two photos of the object. One in daylight shows a clear comet-like tail, and another, taken at night, features a glowing object emitting golden light. Aviation authorities are still investigating the phenomenon, and no further details have been released. UFO in China's skies forced Zhaoshan Airport to stop operations on July 7th. Outbound flights were grounded after the unidentified flying object was detected by a flight crew. The incident has captured the attention of Chinese media. Theories about the UFO's identity are burning up on the internet as well. They include everything from a hidden U.S. bomber to an elaborate man-made hoax. For now, the UFO continues to be a mystery. A spokesman from China's Civil Aviation Administration confirmed to ABC News that the matter is under investigation. Some Chinese residents are on edge this morning after another apparent UFO sighting. It's the second one in two weeks. The first sighting was on July 7th, and an airport had to be shut down. All right, that's a UFO if I've ever seen one. Yeah, can you that's identify undeniable. it? It's The airport had to be shut down after people apparently saw twinkling lights above the airport terminal. 17 flights had to be diverted. The last, the latest sighting happened just two days ago, and people say they saw four lantern-like objects forming a diamond shape in the air, hovering in the sky for over an hour. An right. aviation expert say they don't know what it was. It wasn't a plane. In 2011, there was the West Bengal incident in India. A glowing round object was witnessed making a speedy descent near the West Bengal border early in 2011. The alleged UFO left the pilots of five aircraft baffled and triggered widespread speculation about UFOs. In 2011, we also had the Lee's uh, Summit UFO sightings in Missouri. A metallic disc-shaped object with pulsating red, green, and blue lights was seen by six different eyewitnesses. And also in 2011, the strange sky UFOs in Russia. Strange flying phenomenon also appeared in Russia throughout 2011, as this next video shows. And also in 2011 was the Jerusalem sighting. 
in Jerusalem. This is the infamous sighting over Jerusalem that created quite a stir, as you can see for yourself in this next video. An unusual sight over the city of Old Jerusalem is making the rounds on the internet. This YouTube video was reportedly taken along the promenade of Armin Hansiv at about one in the morning. The man who posted it says he was there with a friend when a bright light appeared in the sky and descended on the Dome of the Rock. The light appears to just hang in the skyline, but then an energy burst of some kind. <laughs> and the light goes sailing back. It's tough to see in the darkness, but it then appears that blinking red lights are hovering in the sky above, then disappear. Midnight fireworks in a cloudy sky, or a UFO flying over Jerusalem. Theories abound. Is it real or a hoax? But one thing is for certain, the video has the web world buzzing. In fact, so convincing was the footage that several papers picked up on the story. One article stated this. Quote, several videos posted on YouTube last week appear to show a strange ball of light hovering above a Jerusalem shrine before disappearing into the night. The videos show a circular object descending slowly over the holy city's iconic dome of the rock before flickering and shooting skyward like a rocket. Similar clips have been seen before and debunked as hoaxes, but this latest sighting had been uh, proving more difficult to dismiss as it was recorded from four different perspectives. Adding to the mystery is the fact that the flying over the Dome of the Rock landmark, an ancient Islamic shrine, is forbidden. Last week, former Ministry of Defense UFO investigator Nick Pope said, quote, if these are real, 
they are some of the most incredible videos ever shot. And apparently, this sighting was followed by several other amazing sightings also caught on video throughout the world. Another article shared this in response. Quote, Johan Vargas, a UFO expert in Mexico, reported on Sunday that an increase in UFOs over Mexico occurred the day after the Jerusalem Dome of the Rock UFO orb. According to Vargas, a flotilla of UFOs appeared in the northwestern part of Mexico over the city of Los Mochis. Dozens of people reported it through the Twitter network. In the first UFO sighting, there was reported the presence of strange lights in the sky that moved very slowly and in formation. A UFO witness was able to capture the video on his iPhone of a UFO fleet where there were white areas that had reddish halo perfectly protruding from the black sky. Later, there was a UFO fleet videotaped in France that had the same characteristics of those reported in Mexico. In fact, one researcher stated, quote, UFO interventions will then accelerate, not so much over our cities, but dispersed over our continents with sightings increasing in duration. The intent of these interventions is to increase mankind's acceptance of the alien phenomenon so that hopefully we will be prepared to accept a face-to-face -face encounter and communicate perhaps as early as next year. In fact, the sightings of UFOs has so increased that one article shared this sobering statistic. UFO evidence is breaking records already in 2011 for more UFO sightings than at any time in human history. Thus far in 2011, there has been more UFO sightings worldwide than at any time in previous years, say a host of well-known optical physicists and prominent UFO investigators in the United States, at the European Union, in China, in Russia, Australia, and the Middle East. Moreover, leading international scientists and detailed UFO reports by the United States, Great Britain, France, Russia, China, and other world governments and that include detailed analysis over 50 years are calling on the United Nations, listen, to review all UFO evidence and produce, quote, a systematic scientific investigation to make first contact now. And that's precisely what experts, officials, and world leaders are saying is coming soon, as this next video shows. With us now from Washington is Stephen Bassett, founder and executive director of the Extraterrestrial Phenomena, uh, Phenomena political action committee. Last time he was here, he was running for Congress, was un unsuccessful in that venture, but I will ask you today, sir, the Mexican government, the Mexican military says, hey, we took these pictures, these are UFOs. Um, what was that, you know? This is significant for two reasons, um, Shepard. Uh, one, this is released by, by the Defense Ministry of Mexico. This is a message being sent to the United States government that uh, Mexico and many other governments are losing patience with our government's intransigence in ending this embargo. Uh, other messages have been sent by France in uh, 1999 with the Cometa report and by the United Kingdom when they released a substantial number of documents regarding the Bentwaters case in 2000. Many countries know about the extraterrestrial presence, but they've deferred to the United States with, uh, with regard to the timing of when disclosure would take place, but they're simply losing patience. How do we know this, by the way? Well, we know it by paying attention. I've been following this now for 10 years. We call it the politics of disclosure, the disclosure process. Hundreds of government witnesses in this country have come forward, uh, and other governments are putting pressure on our government. The media hasn't covered it thoroughly enough, Shepard. If it did, it would learn about some of the things I'm mentioning here, and also learn about thousands of other videos and photographs that have been taken over Mexico by Mexican citizens there's, since there's absolutely no question about that and his number thousands is accurate since 1991 
thousands of pictures and videotapes of discs, but never anything like this taken by such sophisticated cameras on board military vehicles. Oh, there's been plenty of... But not, of, of, not as clear and widespread as this and government confirmed in this way. I'm just saying that these are unusual in that Oh, no, way. it's happened many times before, but this is the first time it's been released. Believe me, there is evidence like this in the archives of every major first world government in the country, but they release this publicly in a news conference uh, in Mexico City. That's the difference. Studies have been done that, quote, clearly indicate the likelihood of an extraterrestrial explanation. But there are people sitting out there, I'm hoping there are millions of people watching at the moment, who are saying, this is nutty. Why, you know, why, why do we even talk about such things? The polls show otherwise, Shepard. Uh, CNN, Time, Reuters polls, last 10 years, consistently. 50% of all Americans believe the extraterrestrial explanation accounts for these sightings. Up to as many as 90% of Americans believe the government is outright lying. Uh, the polls are unambiguous. Year after year, the same thing. In fact, if you could talk anonymously to people, even in Congress, probably 50% of members of Congress already confirmed, convinced that the extraterrestrial presence explains this phenomena. Disclosure is at hand. It is very close, and the American people need to prepare themselves very soon for an announcement from our government that there is, in fact, an extraterrestrial presence engaging this planet and the human race. A group gathering here in Washington to talk about their UFO sightings, but this apparently is no crackpot convention. Former high-level government and military officials are among those sharing what they've seen in the skies. Our national correspondent Gary Tuckman is here. He's watching all of this uh, unfold. So what's this conference, Gary, all about? Well, Wolf, it's most interesting. A panel discussion within the Beltway about what might be taking place in the Milky Way and beyond. Have extraterrestrials visit us here on Earth? Well, 14 men from seven different countries participated in a panel discussion to describe why they believe UFOs have visited Earth. And these aren't guys they just picked up off the street. The panel includes former governor of Arizona, Fife Symington, who is one of many Arizonans who said they saw UFOs back in 1997 during an episode that is popularly referred to as the Phoenix Lights. Major sighting here. We want the United States government to stop perpetuating the myth that all UFOs can be explained away in down-to-earth and conventional terms. Instead, our country needs to reopen its official investigation that it shut down in 1969. Also participating was a retired Air Force captain who says he and his passengers saw a huge flying disc. Also a retired Peruvian Air Force pilot who says he came within 300 feet of a circular UFO flying at 63,000 feet. And then there is a retired U.S. Air Force security officer who, while stationed in England, was summoned to a downed aircraft in a forest. When we came up on the triangular-shaped craft, there were blue and yellow lights swirling around the exterior as though they were part of the surface. The air around us was electrically charged, and we could uh, feel it on our clothes, our skin, and our hair. Well, Penniston then says the craft took off. He never saw any beings inside or outside the UFO. He says he took pictures but inferred they were purposely overexposed by the government. For it, uh, by the way, there have even been some UFO sightings reported right here in the nation's capital. There was a flurry of them back in July of 1952 when the Air Force investigated but was never able to solve or prove anything. Take a look at these headlines. Aerial, what's its uh, buzz? D.C. again. Air Force uh, after D.C. saucers, jets ready to chase lights, jets ordered to hunt down flying saucers. There was a lot of hype, a lot of excitement back in 19.
1952. Now the United Nations is getting ready for a contact with aliens from outer space. This is Maslin Offman. She's out of Malaysia. She will be planet Earth's first interstellar diplomat. And Michio Kaku is a theoretical physics professor, also host of the Science Channel series, Sci-Fi Science Physics of the Impossible, which is doing great, by the way. How are you doing, by the way? Very good. Nice Very good. to see you. Mate. I think it's premature for us to announce our presence in outer space until we know their intentions, right? I mean, they may, they may view us as lunch. In which case, maybe it's a good idea to keep ourselves a little bit obscure. And, for a while. and as someone said, if they're looking for intelligent life, they don't want to start the United Nations. The Vatican now, a five day conference on aliens. Father Jonathan Morris, Fox News contributor, back with us. Father, good morning to you. What a great movie that was. <laughs> it was a wonderful movie. Drew Barrymore, and off she went. Uh, did the Vatican find alien life? You know what? It's sensationalistic as that question sounds. It's really not that far off from what we've seen in the news over these last days. The pictures of what might have been Pope Benedict standing on the, the roof of the Sistine Chapel looking for UFOs, that's, a, that's the type of images that this news conjures up. What is exceptional, what is exceptional is that the Vatican was taking very seriously what science might tell us about the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligent life forms. That's what the conference was about. I can't tell you that the Vatican found any alien life. I don't think that's what they were looking for, but they well, were we taking have, very seriously right, the issue. Know, you know the history, just like we do. I mean, they've come a long way since Galileo four or five hundred years ago. Well, what do you think it says about the church and it's, it, it's actually looking at this issue? Well, a great question, Bill. Uh, what it says is that although there have been some inglorious moments uh, of, of relationship of faith and science, the Vatican, and not just Catholics, Christians in general, they brought 30 of the best scientists, the astrobiologists, of the cosmologists, of the astronomers, to tell the philosophers and the theologians what they already know about the possibility of something that could happen. Now, what they're trying to do is get out of the story, get out ahead and say, what if we were to find life outside of this planet? What does that tell us about the, the doctrine of original sin, of Adam and Eve, and their point here is that we have to allow science to lead us in what is their field, without going into it with ideology saying, no, I, I we know that God doesn't I exist. I think that's or something. a great point. Now, you as a Roman Catholic priest, you're open to science, is what you're saying, correct? Without it, they're not only uh, open, not right. only open, Bill, but we have to respect science in its own field. How would it change the church's teaching? If you consider for a moment, if you determine that there is an extraterrestrial life there. Well, uh, one thing would be fascinating would be not only extraterrestrial life, but if it were extraterrestrial intelligent life forms. That would definitely make us go back and say, maybe our understanding of perennial truths needs to be updated. Uh, I think that's an interesting explanation there. And I think also if it were determined, Father, that would be an earthquake, would it not? It would be. It would be. And uh, especially um, if uh, the Vatican were involved in accepting that. And you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and, and, <laughs> I, I, 
know, kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. They're, uh, they're, they're going to... Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Well, um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay. Um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military... I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. In some way, something knocked us off the air, and we're on a backup system now. It's a government, or... I don't know. It has to be something, though. Well, did you hear... Now, you tell me because you were listening. That was awful strange. There was a really weird guy on the air when it went off? Yeah. Real weird out. Like, uh, going... Sort of... Sort of sounding paranoid? Yeah. Like crying and everything. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. And how far into the conversation was it when, when it went off? Just a couple... About 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, you guys missed... You really missed a call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was really strange, all of a sudden I'm hearing Mark Furman and when I'm... When right, well, the network, the network, of course, went immediately to a backup tape while we tried to figure out what blew up here. Uh -huh. The transmitter was... So that's what you heard suddenly, for some unknown reason. I've never seen it do this in all the years, all the years that we've been on the air. I have never seen the transmitter in this way just simply fail, a massively fail, like a massive heart attack or something kind. And then if that wasn't enough, we are now being told that these events are occurring to prepare us for the emergence of a world leader. Can you say the Antichrist and false prophet? Here's what the article states, quote, What do these phenomena mean? Who is creating them? What is their significance at this time of crisis and change? According to Benjamin Cream, artist, author, and lecturer, these uh, are the many signs or miracles which herald the emergence into public life of Maitreya, the world teacher. 
According to Benjamin Krim's master, the UFO Jerusalem in Jerusalem was one of the four stars seen around the world since December 2008 that herald Maitreya's open emergence. Many now expect the return of their awaited teacher, whether they call him the Christ, Messiah, the fifth Buddha, Krishna, Kalki Avatar, or Imam Mahdi. In fact, here's Benjamin Krim heralding this news to a press conference. Let's take a look. Many of us have been affected by the crisis happening in the world today, but something wonderful is happening, even as we speak. Everybody on earth, without exception, is longing for, seeking, aiming for, consciously or subconsciously, for unity, a sense of unity. What if cooperation could truly replace competition in every sphere of life? According to British author Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, a teacher of extraordinary stature is here in the world to inspire us to make the fundamental changes that will usher in an unprecedented golden age of brotherhood and justice. This is indeed a unique time in the whole history of the world. So we have to reassess the meaning and the purpose of life. The lead in this respect will be given by Maitreya himself. Maitreya and his group of masters have created hundreds and hundreds of signs for humanity to show that something tremendous is afoot. And these are known throughout the world, extraordinary, seemingly impossible happenings, but happenings which happen. The latest of these signs, pointing to acting as a herald of Maitreya, is a new star-like object which has appeared all over the world. Looks like a star, only bigger and brighter and nearer, tremendous brilliance and changing color and moving. But it appears as a star. When Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, a star appeared in the heavens, which, according to the Christian teachings, guided three wise men from the east to Jerusalem, Bethlehem actually, Bethlehem, the Holy Land, where they followed it every day and it, drove, it stopped over the birthplace of Jesus. That star, which star of Bethlehem, it was a spacecraft sent by the spiritual hierarchy to guide the three wise men and act as a sign. This has been repeated today in which our spiritual hierarchy have arranged with our fellow humans on this solar system to have four such spacecraft, huge, enormous entities which are posted throughout the world so that wherever you are, you see a star, one star, which acts like I have described. But what Maitreya really desires is a an open discussion on the media worldwide about 
the star, what it is, what, because people don't know what it is. They see it, they report it, but it's an amazing object. They think, is it a UFO? Well, in a sense, it is a UFO, but it's a very specific one. It is the star, and the first so-called crop circles, which have been created for years all over the world, but especially in south of England, are created by our space brothers from the other planets, mainly from the planets of Mars and Venus. And the first crop circle created this year, many weeks ahead of the usual date when they appear, is, if you can see it, a star. That's a photograph of the first crop circle. It was made by a spacecraft in a few seconds, I suppose, as they all are. It's hundreds of feet long, meters long, and is to remind those who need to know that this is the star, the herald of Maitreya, who is entering into public work. What will Maitreya talk about on television and radio? Well, obviously he will talk about the need for peace, the need for justice in the world. But how do we get justice? Maitreya says there is only one way to achieve justice in the world to see the world as one, brothers and sisters of one humanity, and to share the resources of the world. Sharing is the key. Only sharing will produce the trust needed to end war forever. When we have sharing, we automatically have justice. When we have justice, we will have peace, freedom, justice, sharing and peace all go together. One comes out of the other. They're all part of the same divine plan for humanity. This is indeed a unique time in the whole history of the world. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die... And it's coming for each one of us. We're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. 
And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included. And that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing 
to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.